Why has the church downplayed eternity? By Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. Does it seem like a dream or a fairy tale that man could once more live eternally? 1 Corinthians plainly states not all will sleep or die, but they will be changed in a twinkling of an eye. Or if you study Strong's, the Greek dictionary, it says, this will happen in the splitting of an atom. 1 Corinthians also explains, the mortal will become immortal. How does all this come about? Why isn't the church making this clear? Also, did you realize that God promised in Romans chapter 4, verse 13, that Abraham and his seed would be heirs of the world? It does not say we will die, go to heaven, and live there. Abraham's descendants are to live here on earth, forever in a kingdom that has no end. All this is to be through faith, and since faith comes by hearing the word, why isn't it being taught? Galatians chapter 3 verse 29 assures us, If we are Christ's, then we are Abraham's seed. And as Abraham's seed, we are heirs to these very promises. Peter of the early church spoke of a time that this world, governed by Satan, would pass away and that we have the promise of new heavens, swept clean from Satan and his followers, and a new earth where only righteousness dwells. Sounds too good to be true? Yet Peter says to look forward to these things and to make sure that when it happens, we are found spotless and blameless. So I ask, why does the church downplay our inheriting the earth, and on top of that, teach one saved always saved? Peter clearly warns in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 10, Jesus will come as a thief in the night, and we must be found spotless and blameless when the day of the Lord arrives. I also do not understand how church leaders can read a prophecy that foretells of a restored earth as in Isaiah chapter 11, verses 6 through 9, and being well aware this prophecy has not yet been fulfilled, not be teaching and encouraging their people to look forward to this time giving them hope. Obviously, humanity will have to make changes for this vision to come about. The church has not attained this yet. So why shouldn't we be looking for the things that must be changed? Why is the church content with the status quo? The knowledge Daniel was told to seal up till the time of the end, in Daniel chapter 12 verse 4, is being released now. The church for the most part is not even walking in what was understood and taught years ago, let alone the newly released insight on truth. Why? How will God's people ever inherit His unending kingdom or regain their dominion over the earth when they have so little knowledge concerning it? I've even heard the church say, death is quite a natural thing and ultimately is everyone's end. The old adage is, the only two things we have to do is die and pay taxes. Wrong on both accounts. Death is the final enemy. It's our enemy and one still to be defeated by humanity. Positionally, it already has been defeated by our King, and as we mature as the body of Christ, 
we will be the benefactors of that victory. This is why we must unite as a body through knowledge concerning the Lord as Ephesians chapter 4 verse 13 tells us. The victory is there waiting for us. Isaiah chapter 25 verse 8 foretold how God will swallow up death forever and wipe away our tears and remove the rebuke of His people from the earth. Revelation chapter 20 verse 14 promises the same as does 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 54. By the way, Matthew chapter 17 verses 25 through 26 shows we won't always pay taxes either. All creation waits for God's people to figure these things out and the body to unitedly come together. You see, creation was subjected to corruption and futility along with man when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. All creation will therefore be delivered from bondage along with us as we are set completely free. Romans chapter 8 verses 19 through 21 speaks of these things. Yet you do not hear much talk of it in the church. Why? Are they afraid to preach the full gospel? Are they fearful of what people will say? Maybe they're afraid of losing tithes, or perhaps their position. Or maybe the church is just plain full of old wineskins. Provision for all these promises to be realized by God's people was accomplished by Christ's death and resurrection. This act on Jesus' part was in fulfillment of God's predestined plan to restore man to his original perfect state. If we do not teach this plan and show people their part in it, how can they fulfill their destiny? We are not yet taking full advantage of what Jesus did for us or the blood covenant He offers us. For sure, we do not hear enough about the fact that the new covenant of Christ makes us eligible to receive all the blessings of Abraham's covenant as well. God's people are to be double blessed by both covenants yet many are not even aware of them. Why? Partially because, as stated before, they are not familiar with Galatians chapter 3, verses 27 through 29. If they were introduced to those scriptures, they would understand they are Abraham's seed through baptism in Christ and heirs to these promises. Here is another oddity. Isaiah chapter 9 Verse 6 speaks of a government that will be on the shoulders of Christ. That would mean God sees His government as His head. So the body of Christ has a head, a government. Where is it? How can we take direction from it if we have no idea where it is? Verse 7 says there will be no end to this government. It will be forever and will rule over His eternal kingdom. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 44, we see this kingdom will break in pieces all other kings and consume all other kingdoms. We see this kingdom again in Daniel chapter 7, verse 27, being given to the people of God. Isaiah prophesied again in chapter 2 about a mountain that would be the Lord's dwelling. In the latter days it would rise above all other mountains. From here he would govern his people his truth, 
his spiritual laws that direct his kingdom and its people, would be released from this mountain he calls Zion. Hebrews chapter 12 verses 18 through 22 tells us this is a spiritual mountain, the city of the living God, and also speaks of New Jerusalem. Where are they? What are they? Teach us, church. How can God's people hear the truth God is releasing for this end time as He blows the trumpet from Zion if they do not even know where the mountain is, or in many cases, that it even exists? The whole human race, according to Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 through 17, was destroyed by eating the wrong knowledge from the wrong tree. So how will humanity be restored? Would it not be through choosing the correct knowledge from the right tree? Much of the church would sadly tell you to look for this tree in an apple orchard. And I'm not sure where they would tell you to look for the tree of life. For the most part, the church has no idea what these two trees really are. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 3 is not taught or understood. So the only trees the church knows about are the natural tree birds build nest in. And what is the flaming sword that guards the way to the tree of life? Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17 gives us a clue, as well as Revelation chapter 1 verse 16. I think if we were encouraged to read Revelation chapter 19 verse 15, we would also know what the tree of life is. Yet most of the church would tell you the fruit Eve ate was an apple. The same ones will also tell you Mount Zion is a physical location in Israel, as is Jerusalem, and they are, but they are not the mountain and city we are looking for. The knowledge from the tree of life is at present being released from God's house. His mountain for our restoration. Again, we must know its location to enable us to seek the Lord's direction and hear the knowledge that pertains to this end time. We see the Lamb standing on this spiritual mountain in Revelation chapter 14 verse 1, and there are people there with Him. So we know there are some people that figure it all out. In closing, the Word tells us there is safety, shelter, and peace in God's holy mountain, that the trumpets will blow a clear sound that will reverberate across the world, and the knowledge of God will cover the earth as water covers the sea. See Isaiah chapter 11 verse 9. It also says God's people will come running to His mountain and enter His city in the end. Revelation chapter 22 verse 14. So somehow, some way, the truth will be heard. Wisdom will find her home and a remnant of God's people will make the correct choices. And humanity will come full circle as they walk from time back into eternity. Let us close with these beautiful promises found in Revelation chapter 21 verses 1 through 5. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. 
Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, These words are true and faithful.